I am so thankful that you've joined us, and I want to say a special thanks to our shepherds of our church and to Ken Snell and for uh, that inspiring uh, update in regard to our One Heart contribution and the awesome generosity of this church. So I just want to start by saying thank you. Now, how are you doing with social distancing? You know, I think it's fascinating how the creativity around social distancing picked up quickly. That restaurants and businesses and a car wash of all things, a walking into the doctor's office, people trying to learn how to take care of each other and protect each other. Now, how many of you know someone that you feel like, I take it a little too far, right? And so I'm thinking about a friend of mine who worked it out with the doctor's office to get the doctor to come out on the front stoop of the doctor's office in order to take the doctor's temperature. Now, I don't know very many doctors that would pull that off. They live in a small town, so maybe that's why they did it. But I said, man, dude, I can't quite imagine convincing my doctor to go that far. On the other hand, how many of you know someone who isn't getting it? They don't get the whole social distance thing. So you're standing there, you know, six feet apart, and they start coming towards you. And you're like, mm -mm, mm -mm. and you don't want to be rude, but, you know, you start to back up. Well, you back up, and they keep coming towards you like, mm -mm, nope, and you back up. And sometimes if you're in a place where there isn't a lot of room to navigate, it can be incredibly uncomfortable. You know what social distancing is? It's a gap. It is a gap. It's a space planned between two people. And gaps are incredibly important because there are times when a gap is necessary and essential. Uh, I've been a mechanic all my life. In, in taking care of our cars and our SUVs and our vans, there's all kinds of gaps in those vehicles that are planned meticulously by engineers in order for the vehicle to work correctly. Gaps are really important. But there's other times when gaps are absolutely unacceptable. For example, what about a gap in care? If someone is in ICU or someone is in a trauma center and suddenly you realize that someone isn't paying attention, a medical staff or someone is not paying attention and there's a gap in care, you know that could cost someone their life. The same thing could be said for a, a power grid. If there's a gap in the power, you and I know that sometimes in Atlanta, storms blow through and the power goes out. And for some of us, you know, that's an inconvenience. You know, that's a bummer. You know, got to find that candle or figure out how to, you know, maybe huddle up or something like that. But that's not how it functions for other parts of Atlanta. There are certain businesses, medical businesses, things like that, hospitals, where a gap in the power could cost someone their life. You get the picture. Sometimes gaps are really good, and sometimes gaps could cost someone their life. We are in a study of the book of Nehemiah, 
The title of this study is Restore, Making Home Feel Like Home Again. We're exploring how God worked through the people of Israel to bring them back home from captivity, to bring them out of a wilderness, to bring them out of isolation, and bring them back to their home and allow them to begin to rebuild. Well, that project took a long time. That project included rebuilding their temple and rebuilding their farms, their homes, rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. But there was much resistance to that process. Some of it was them, some of it was their enemies, but there was a lot of resistance. And home did not feel like home for a long time. By the time we get to Nehemiah, the people of Israel, you must remember this, have been back in their homeland over 90 years. Do you know what that means? That means that some people returned home and they had children. Back in Israel, those children grew up and had children and their children had children. They became grandparents and eventually they passed away and parts of Jerusalem and parts of Israel still didn't feel like home and still were not rebuilt. And one key component was the wall of Jerusalem. In a Bible study I was in this week with a men's discipleship Bible study that I'm a part of, someone made a really important comment about the wall. They said that the wall of Nehemiah didn't just represent protection, it represented identity. That wall meant that as the people of God, we have taken ownership of making our home feel like home again. And until that wall was rebuilt, there was going to be something very unsettling. There was going to be a big gap. Now, here's what else is interesting. They wanted people to repopulate the city of Jerusalem, but they had a hard time getting people to move back into the city. You know why, right? Because there wasn't a wall. They weren't protected. So the wall had to be rebuilt. That was job one. But how well do you rebuild a wall? I mean, come on, the wall has been broken down for over 140 years. We've been back in the land over 90 years and we still haven't rebuilt it. So how big of a priority is the wall? Well, the priority is huge because God is the one who commissioned it to be rebuilt. God is the one who called Nehemiah to go rebuild that wall. In fact, Nehemiah is the one who says this in Nehemiah chapter 2. Listen to how he describes the mission of rebuilding the wall. He says, I went to Jerusalem and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others, listen carefully, I had not told anyone what my God had put on my heart to do for Jerusalem. Did you hear that? Nehemiah says, God put this on my heart. Now notice what he says next. Come down to verse 17. After he lays out the vision for rebuilding the wall, he says, You see the trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. Now, now take in that phrase. 
Rebuilding the wall wasn't just about fixing the wall. It was fixing them. It wasn't just filling the gaps in the wall. It was filling the gap in their own heart, in their own existence. He said, see, as, as long as that wall is broken, we're in disgrace. But keep reading with me. He says in verse 18, and I'd actually like you to read that with me at home or wherever you're watching this. I told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. And they replied, let's start rebuilding. And so they began the good work. You see, Nehemiah says, it's not just that I was bored back over there in Persia. It's not that I was, you know, looking for a new challenge in life. He said, no, no, no. God put me up to this. And God is calling us to rebuild this wall. Now, I want you to think with me for a few moments about what that wall could mean for us. What could it mean for us? to be rebuilding something that really restores who we are. Don't think of rebuilding a wall like walling yourself off from others or closing yourself off from others. Building a wall of defense so that others can't get to you and you can't get to them. That's not what this metaphor means. What that wall metaphor represents is what does it mean to feel like home is home again? What does it mean after a time of division or argument or misunderstanding or difficulty that you and a sibling, you and your parents, you and a child, you and a spouse, that you can feel like we're at home with each other, that we care about each other, that we've got each other's back, that we lead with love, that we always hold each other with high regard and deep respect. A friend of mine wrote me a great email today updating uh, me about his family. And one of the things he said was, in this political season, with all the division and all the polarization, he said, I just haven't seen it like this, this bad ever. And he said, and my family, we're all over the map. That's a quote, all over the map politically. He said, but we take care of each other. And we make room for each other. And we make it clear to one another that whatever you think about that, and listen to what he said, and whatever you think is important right now, we create space in our family for you to share that without fear and to know that you will be loved. And he said, and if anyone in our family is hurting, we're right there with them. And then he said this phrase, I wish our nation was more like our family. Boy, that really touched me. Because I think about the nation and our desire to heal. I think about our church and our churches nationwide and the desire to heal. I think about families, all of us disrupted by COVID, disrupted by the difficulties of 2020. And we find ourselves frayed. We find ourselves at wit's end. We find gaps between us in a relationship where we don't feel comfortable. We don't feel respected. We don't feel understood. Are we just going to go forward like that? Are we going to throw up our hands and just decide that, well, I guess our relationships won't ever heal nationally, in churches, and in families? 
Oh, no, no. God said, let me tell you what I'm laying on your heart. I'm laying on your heart right now to get about the business of healing. And don't leave those gaps in place. Listen to how it's described in Scripture. Look with me, if you would, at chapter 4 and verse 6. Chapter 4 of Nehemiah and verse 6. He says, so we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half of its height. For the people had worked with all their heart. Now, I want you to think about this. Nehemiah went back to Israel in 444 B.C. That wall had been broken down for over 90 years. Within just a few weeks, they've already got that wall built half height. How did they do that? It's right there in the verse. Because they put their hearts to it. They poured their hearts into it. Ah, but we're not done with the updates. Look with me at chapter 6 and verse 1. Chapter 6 and verse 1. When word came to Sanballat, Tobias, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though we had not yet set the doors and gates in place. Nehemiah says, when the people that were our enemies, the people that wanted us to fail, the people that believed we would always be broken down, that our, that our city would always remain broken, the people that believed we could never heal, they heard the news that we had rebuilt that wall and there was not a gap left. Now, you know I mentioned in the beginning that sometimes gaps are okay, right? Six feet of social distancing, that's a good gap. We also mentioned that sometimes gaps are not okay. The power grid going to the hospital, the care of someone that is sick in ICU. And we realize that when it comes to a wall that is going to protect a city, you can't have a gap in that wall and still feel safe. So that update was vital. Not a gap left. They filled the gaps. How did they do it? They worked with all their heart. So look at one last update. This is in chapter 6 and verse 15. It says, So the wall was completed on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. <laughs> I want you to think about that. 52 days. What is that? How long is a month? You say, well, okay, I could recite the poem, 30 days has September, April, June. Okay, I got it, right? So there's a certain number of days in a month. So 52 days is what? It's about a little less than two months. What? That wall had been broken down for over 90 years, and somehow now it's rebuilt without a gap left in less than two months? How did that happen? Well, Scripture tells us. It happened because they believed that God had called them to do it. They worked with all their heart, and they didn't step away from the project because they knew it was God's project, and they needed to get it done. I want you to think about the opportunity that we have right now to pour ourselves into the healing of our nation, our church, and our families. Our nation 
churches worldwide and families and communities nationwide and worldwide. We can pour ourselves into that right now. We can be wall builders, people who are willing to see where the gaps are in people's care, see where the gaps are in people's relationships, see where the gaps are in people's needs, see that person that needs some encouragement, needs love, needs compassion, needs room to grieve, needs room to share. We can create all of that because we pour ourselves into it with all our heart not a gap left. Will you open your heart to God and ask, what can I do to help with the healing? How can I be a part of rebuilding the wall, rebuilding our families, churches, and nation, and rebuilding our world? How can I join God in His mission to restore the world and to fill it with his love i want to thank you for joining us today and i'm asking you think about gaps places that you can fill the gap think about gaps in your own heart and if you want to reach out to one of our elders or one of our shepherds right now do it if you're watching online after this has been showed on a sunday morning go to lovefirst.org click on next steps Take the opportunity to allow God to fill the gaps in you so that you can join Him in filling the gaps in our world. We hope that you enjoyed the service. If you wish to continue being connected with our church family, please don't forget to fill out a connection card. We, we wish, wish you, you a happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Bye. Bye. Have a great day.